You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendias. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to remind you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to your final episode of the week and the last week before the Rams kick off their first game in the preseason against the Los Angeles Chargers. This episode, as we always do on Fridays, is a Mailbag Friday episode. So as always, I appreciate you guys for shooting over some good questions and I took a quick peek at some of them and boy, there are some good ones. So we'll dive right into it from the top and work our way down prior to this game finally being back even tonight. There is the Thursday night games going on here. The Eagles, the Steelers, the Patriots. Can't recall the last team, but man, football is officially back. Let's dive into these questions first. The first one is from at LA Ramsey 46. He said, do you feel like the Rams will re-sign Darius Williams if he has another stellar season? Or do you think that they will treat him like John Johnson and let an up and coming draft pick like Robert Rochelle take his spot to save some cap? That is a really good question. And I think you sort of hit it on the head there where... One half of the fan base is probably going to suggest that Darius Williams absolutely should be re-signed. And then you got the other half that might suggest, you know, the cap is going to be tough to maneuver. And of course, the Rams did draft Robert Rochelle, like you mentioned. And presumably, they drafted this guy with the intent to eventually groom him into a starting position. Now, I think cornerbacks are just so important in today's NFL The passing game is everything when it comes to the success or failures of a team. So I would personally find a way to pay Darius Williams. I don't think there's any question about it. But of course, the cap is always going to be tough to maneuver. Like I said, the Rams are already scheduled to be over the cap for next year, which is only going to make it harder to re-sign guys like Darius Williams, Sebastian Joseph Day, among others. So the money is going to be an issue potentially for the Rams. But if I was a front office member or less need, I would do everything in my power to re-sign Darius Williams, especially if he has another stellar season like you suggested he could. I just don't know how you could feel good about letting a guy like that leave your building like the Rams did with John Johnson, except cornerback is even more important to a success of a defense as opposed to that safety position. So to basically answer your question, I would say there's about a 70% chance that they re-sign him. I would probably suggest that I'm on the optimistic side, but I definitely do think there is a possibility that he does walk as well. The next one is from at J underscore B underscore Ryan. He said, if you could plug just one player into this current team for the upcoming season that the Rams have cut or traded since they moved back to LA, who would it be and why? And that is a really good question. I had a lot of trouble actually deciding on who I wanted to go with here. Do I want to go with somebody maybe that could be used at a position like cornerback, for example, a Marcus Peters, so you don't get a David Long out on the field? Do you go with maybe the best player amongst all these guys, but at a position that is absolutely loaded, like Brandon Cooks at the receiver spot? I wanted to initially go with Cooks, but I'm going to go with Marcus Peters on this one. 
I just think if you can get a third cornerback out there and have three Pro Bowl quality guys, you really can't go wrong with that. And now the Rams obviously have a bit of a different scheme when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, playing a little bit more zone than they did under Wade Phillips. And since that's the case, I think it would probably fit Peters' skill set a little bit better. He's always been a little bit better at just sort of sitting back, reading quarterbacks' eyes, and pouncing on footballs as opposed to trying to stick in the hip pocket of a player in consistent man coverage. So I went with Marcus Peters. I think you can make the case for a lot of different players. But mind you, JB had a good little stipulation in that question. He didn't say guys that the Rams let walk. He said cut or traded. So there's obviously a smaller pool when it comes to that qualification. I go with Marcus Peters, but I definitely think Brandon Cooks could have been a great addition too. The last one in this segment is from my guy at Will Carella. He said, who will be our starting inside linebackers week one? Also, are you buying what McVay is selling in terms of this sudden Brian Allen hype? Now I've talked about the inside linebacker spot. I personally still think it will be Traven Howard and Ernest Jones. And of course, it's been great to see Ernest Jones have a lot of rave reviews, especially in coverage throughout the last few weeks in training camp practices, because for me personally, when I watched his tape, that was one of the areas that I definitely thought he struggled. So if he's already starting to pick that up and displaying a few good things when it comes to dropping in coverage, and the Rams did post a video the other day where he was in zone coverage, it looked like, steps in front of a pass in front of a receiver and picks it and would have returned it the whole other way had the practice allowed for that. But great play, and I'm really intrigued by what he's been putting out on the field so far. So I definitely think Ernest Jones will be one of those guys. Now, the other side, it wouldn't surprise me at this point if it ends up being a Kenny Young or a Troy Reader. I'm going to still go with Traven Howard, even though it doesn't seem like he's the most likely option right now. I still do think this guy might have the most talent, the most skill, the most speed, the most coverage ability out of all of these options. And if you have a thumper like Ernest Jones in there, Theoretically speaking, you should want a guy better in coverage next to him. So that would probably give Kenny Young and Traven Howard the upper hand. I just tend to lean toward Howard. But at the same time, like I said, right now he's taking reps on second, third team type of stuff. And Kenny Young and Troy Reader are ahead of him. So he might be on the outside looking in. That's going to do it for this first segment of these questions on this Mailbag Friday episode. As always, I appreciate you guys for shooting them over. Have a lot of fun answering these ones. Make sure to come back in the next segment when we continue answering these questions. There are some cool questions about Deshaun Jackson, fantasy football, and something interesting about any Ram team records being broken this season. And of course, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter. You can find us at QBsMEP and at LockedOnRams. I feel like the fitness industry is designed to confuse all of us and make this journey unnecessarily hard and much tougher than it needs to be. At the end of the day, you just got to get your protein goals in and move any weight that you prefer and you will have success. And I know that personally because I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half, three years at this point. And I found a company called the Built Bar. I'm telling you, they make the best protein bars by far on the market. They're absolutely delicious and their texture is unlike any other protein bar. And I've tried all of the other ones. The bars are also healthy. They're low in calories, low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you if you are on the keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the second segment here of this Mailbag Friday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. 
We're going to pick right back up where we left off prior to the break. And the very first question is from at Brian Ted's. He said, do you think Deshaun Jackson will have any fantasy football relevance? And this is a good question, a little bit hard to answer because it really depends. Now, if you're looking at Deshaun Jackson as a potential weekly starter, I definitely don't think he's going to have enough opportunities or enough of a target share to really be capable of starting week after week, especially in two or three wide receiver leagues. I'm assuming two wide receivers and then a third spot, which is going to be the flex spot, which means you can put a tight end in there, wide receiver, running back. Um, So that's your typical standard league now. And I don't think Deshaun will be a weekly starter in that regard. Now, I do think he will have a handful of those weeks where he's going to score a 40, a 50, a 60-yard touchdown and maybe not catch that many more passes in that game, but it might be enough to actually be worth a roster spot. Now, the place that I would target a guy like Deshaun Jackson, who's going to be highly varied in terms of his production, is going to be in best ball formats. And what the hell is that? You're probably asking. Best ball is a new sort of fantasy football league where all you have to do is draft your team and it'll be like 20 players deep and you do not set any lineups. Every single week, your highest scoring lineup is chosen for you, which takes the decision part out of it and makes it actually a lot easier to draft players like Deshaun Jackson who are going to rely on big plays much more than somebody like a Cooper Cup will, who, for example, will have maybe eight to 10 targets every single game. So in best ball formats, I'm definitely looking at a guy like Deshaun Jackson because I think he will have a handful of those weeks where he will get into your starting lineup because of those long touchdowns and big play capabilities. But at the same time, if you're talking standard points per reception, redraft leagues, definitely a good bench stash. I just don't know how often he will be starting for you. The next one, and I love this question, was from at Blackhawks underscore Rams. He said, with the new 17-game schedule, which current Ram team record do you see falling first? And he posted a bunch of different records, of course. Now, I feel like this is sort of a cop-out because there's one that I definitely think there's a good possibility that could get broken, especially with the new addition at quarterback. And I'm going to go with the most passing yards in a season. And according to this picture, it is currently 4,830 yards. And that was by Kurt Warner in 2001. And the reason why I think this is possible is just because I look at a guy like Matthew Stafford. This is a guy that has passed for a lot of yardage over the course of his entire career. If we're looking at that 4,800-yard benchmark, he's already topped that two times back in 2011 and 2012. And like you mentioned, they now have a 17th game added to that schedule, which is only going to make it easier for Stafford to crack that. I'm looking at some of these other records. I just don't know that these other ones can fall. Maybe the receptions record, 119 by Isaac Bruce in 1995. I could see Robert Woods or Cooper Cup getting on top of that one. But at the same time, the Rams have so many weapons that it's just probably not going to be all that likely that somebody gets that big of a target share this season. So I'm going to go with the passing yardage record. I think Matthew Stafford can do it. The guy is super talented. He's in the best offense he's ever played in. Like I just mentioned, a ton of weapons. I think the best supporting cast he's ever had in his career. And now you look at Cam Akers getting injured. The Rams might just lean towards passing the ball a little bit more since that injury occurred. And if that's the case, I definitely think this one has the best shot to go through. The next one in this segment is from at Soul Reaper 313. He said, do you expect to see much Jake Funk and Chris Garrett? If so, what are your expectations for them from what we know so far from camp? And could you see them climbing the depth chart? In terms of 
the regular season. I really don't expect much from these guys. We are talking about just two seventh round picks, and that's not to say that they can't compete and ultimately find themselves on the field because I would never rule out anybody when it comes to the NFL. You look back to last year, Jordan Fuller, sixth round pick, finds his way onto the field, beats a former second round pick in Taylor Rapp for playing time and has a tremendous season. So there's definitely a path for these guys to actually be relevant on the field this season. I think Jake Funk might see a little bit more work than Chris Garrett does, particularly in that third down type of role, maybe as the pass blocking running back definitely has a role there, I think. But at the same time, Chris Garrett is at a position where the Rams have quite a bit of question marks, right? They have Leonard Floyd in there. Who's very solidified. It sounds like Justin Hollins is also going to be one of the guys that they're heavily relying on. But after them, it's Obo Okoronko had some injury issues Terrell Lewis, who can barely practice these days because of the knees that gives a big opportunity for Chris Garrett, guys like Justin Lawler to really find themselves in the rotation here at the edge rusher position. So wouldn't be shocked at all if these guys do climb the depth chart or if they find themselves actual snaps in regular season play. But at the same time, I just don't think you should expect all too much outside of the special team snaps for a couple of seventh rounders right now. The last one in this segment is from at Rand with a cam. He said, do you think Matthew Stafford is good enough to overcome any O-line issues the Rams may have? And I think that he is. I mean, when you look at the talent and his ability to maneuver inside of the pocket, his mobility, which is not Lamar Jackson-esque, but it's more than Jared Goff brought to the table, I definitely think he can get around a bad offensive line. Does that mean I want him playing behind one? Absolutely not. This is a guy who's went through a lot in his career. He's been hit so many times. He's been injured so many times. I would do my absolute best to keep this guy upright especially now with an extra game on your schedule. He just needs to stay that much more healthy to get to the end of the regular season, to get to the playoffs, the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's a thing that's always worrisome, trying to remain healthy throughout the season. But I definitely think when you just look at his ability to actually use his feet, get inside the pocket, climb the pocket, move around, be nimble, tuck the ball, leave the pocket, throw on the run, I definitely think he has the capabilities and the talent to really help with a lackluster offensive line. But again, definitely not the type of situation you want your quarterback to be in. You do not want these guys to be running for their lives for four quarters. It's going to do it for this second segment of the Mailbag Friday episode. In the final segment, we're going to dive into whether or not this is the best Los Angeles Rams team under Sean McVay, as well as some interesting tight end talk on the depth chart. And of course, make sure to check back in post Saturday when we recap the first game that the Rams are going to have in their preseason against the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to break down everything you need to know about what happened in the game, whether you watched it or not. If you guys are into betting, I urge you to check out one of our sponsors for today's episode called Bet Online. The NFL is right around the corner, as we know, and you guys can feel free to bet on these preseason games, as well as every other sport in terms of the NBA, NHL, MLB, the UFC, and all your MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You don't need to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as these teams prep for their NFL kickoff. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag 
wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this last episode of the week prior to the kickoff of the first preseason game and the 2021 NFL season for the Los Angeles Rams. I appreciate you guys greatly for shooting over all of these questions. If you guys can do me one more favor, head over to YouTube, search up Locked on Rams and go subscribe. We're getting ready to launch all of our videos daily on YouTube as well. So you can listen to this podcast in audio form if that's how you prefer or you can watch us in video form on our YouTube channel. We want to run some of those numbers up. So please, if you guys can head over there, subscribe, send us a few likes on some videos, really would greatly appreciate that. Now we're going to dive into the remaining three questions here on this mailbag episode. And the first one is from at Ramsfan2800. Johnny said, now that the depth chart has come out on Tuesday, how surprised were you seeing Jacob Harris as the number five tight end? And is it crazy to believe that Harris can end up being the number two guy by opening day? And to answer the first part, I was not surprised at all. This is typically how the unofficial depth chart release works. Teams always put their veterans in the earlier part of the pecking order. So second, third string ahead of their rookies. This is just how they do it. I'm not really sure why. Not really sure why there's any stock put into these depth charts anyways. They pretty much mean absolutely nothing. So to answer your second part of the question, I would not be shocked one bit if Jacob Harris is the number two tight end by the time the season comes around. I mean, everything he's doing in camp sounds very impressive. You see some of the videos, some of those jump balls that he's winning on fade routes in the red zone, in the end zone. That's the kind of stuff that I've talked about for the last few months where I legitimately think this guy can have a role and can excel from day one because he's transitioning from receiver. You're not going to ask him to put his hand in the dirt and to be Tyler Higby from day one at a position that is so hard to transition to for a guy who has minimal football experience and has no clue how to play tight end. You're not going to put all that on his plate. That's what you're going to use your Johnny Munts for and guys like Bryson Hopkins who have been in your offense for a year. But when you're talking about allowing your guys to go make plays as receivers, using their bodies, using their athleticism, Jacob Harris is probably ahead of both Johnny Munt and Bryson Hopkins right now, even though he has such minimal NFL or football experience in general. I genuinely think this guy can be a contributor for the Rams this season. And at this point, I would personally be pretty surprised if he doesn't find his way out on the field in some packages at least. So when you talk about him being the number two tight end, I can absolutely see that being the case. You even look at someone like JB Long, who is a friend of the podcast. He said that the Rams legitimately could have an upgrade at the number two tight end position this season compared to last year. And he said, of course, half of that is Jacob Harris and the way he's been performing. And the other half is Johnny Munt and how well he's performed throughout the practices compared to Gerald Everett last year, of course. So Sounds like a great bit of news to me. And of course, the Rams have a lot of talent at the tight end position. So would not be shocked at all if Jacob Harris is the number two tight end. The second to last question is from at Lord Jansen. He said, will this be the best Rams team under McVay? That is a really good question. Now, I'm going to say no, because I think that 2018 team was just absolutely stacked. I remember going through that offseason in my head thinking, This is a Super Bowl team. I mean, you look at the roster, there was pretty much no legitimate holes anywhere on the roster. They were so talented, and Sean McVay was obviously still fresh in the league. He seemed like he was going to be the next hot thing in the coaching ranks, and the Rams looked like they were primed to go to the Super Bowl, 
And that's exactly what they did. They were dominant throughout the entire season. And at no point did I have any reservations about their ability to actually get to the grand stage. Now, I'm not necessarily saying this team is inferior, but at the same time, I just think there's more question marks about this roster. You look at inside linebacker. Is anyone going to be great there? Edge rusher. Can they hold up? Offensive line. I mean, you look at Brian Allen now. Is this guy going to be a quality starter at center? Are the Rams going to have enough in the interior offensive line positions to hold up? And do they have enough depth to get through the entire season without taking any hits and having their play dramatically drop off? I'm not really sure, but I definitely think there are enough questions there to make me wonder, is this team as good as 2018? I would suggest that they aren't, but at the same time, I would not be shocked at all if this team does go very far in the playoffs. The last question is from at E. Litster. He said, Despite the recent draft success, do you die on the hill with your 2021 selections versus those made by the team? Thank you. And that is a good question. You know, at the end of the day, it's hard to compare how I look at the draft and the prospects compared to what the Rams do because the Rams know exactly what they want from these players, right? You get the coaching staff to discuss with the front office what they want at certain positions. So for example, they lose Gerald Everett and they know that they probably want to find a guy who's going to be a receiving threat as the next tight end. And so the coaching staff relays that information to the front office and then the front office can start to search throughout these tight ends in this class and look for guys that could be athletic and guys that can be developed in that regard. So for me, on the outside looking in, it's very hard to know what the Rams are looking for at certain positions. So for example, you guys heard me talk about offensive line a lot throughout the draft process and the Rams evidently felt so good about theirs that they drafted none of them. So it's very hard to compare in that regard. But at the same time, I really like how I would have ended up with my draft. I can't remember exactly how it went. We did do the redraft episode after the actual draft, and I went with the picks that I would have drafted. So I'm going to stick with my guys. Uh, But at the same time, I do believe that the Rams have a good plan for the guys that they did draft. At least I hope they do. And throughout the last few seasons, like you said, I think they've earned the trust from the fans. At the end of the day, they've done a very good job at developing this talent and either paying these guys and keeping them on their team as starters or as potential Pro Bowl-style players or allowed them to walk like John Johnson and get big money elsewhere. So the Rams obviously do a very good job at drafting and developing. I also think that I'm very good at scouting. So it's kind of a rock and a hard place here, but I'm going to go with my guys. But at the end of the day, like you said, would not be shocked at all if the Rams do find a couple of gems like they always seem to do throughout these draft classes. That's going to do it for this Mailbag Friday episode. As always, I appreciate you guys so much for listening and for shooting over these questions. It is always a tremendous time getting to answer them. And of course, happy kickoff to the 2021 NFL season to you guys. Hopefully this is an entertaining game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers on Saturday evening. So we're going to have plenty to discuss after that game on Sunday and moving throughout the next week. Make sure to keep checking back in with us to get all the news you need to know about the Los Angeles Rams, the game recap, as well as any other updates that are coming from that game. And just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP and at Lockdown Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.